Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Talk about tuning into God. If you missed any of these services, I really encourage you, wherever you get your podcasts, get the podcast. Because it really did build on each other. And that first week, we spent a lot of time in Mark 10, where Jesus says, I'm the shepherd. And you, if you follow him, then he says, you're my sheep. And he says this in Mark 10, 27. He says, my sheep, hear my voice. And that God wants a relationship with you. And that it is possible and that we can hear his voice. He says, my sheep, hear my voice. Listen to that first one. Okay, and then we went on to the second one, and we said, all right, now what we want to do is we want to make sure that just because we hear God's voice doesn't mean that something automatically is going to change in our life. Because we read in Matthew 13, Jesus talks about the, uh, the parable of the sower. He says, some of the seed fell. It was all the same seed, but he describes four types of soils. He says, some it didn't make a difference, in, and others it did. But that we have to decide that we're going to pursue God. We have to decide that when we hear his word, we are going to meditate on it. When he chose to lead, we're going to meditate, we're going to understand it, and that we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And last week, we talked about positioning ourselves to hear from God, valuing his voice, spending time daily. If you want something to make a difference in your life, do it every day. If you want it to make it small things, make a huge difference. And we said, donuts. If you don't believe me, have a donut, have a brownie every day. It will make a difference. Just stand on that scale. It will make a difference. But it's the same thing. And today, we're continuing. And today, we're talking about recognizing God's voice. How how does he speak? He says, they hear my voice. What what does that look like? I've heard stories and, and things. And this is what happened maybe at this other place thing, and, and, and how, how does that work? It's a good question, and that's really what we're going to look at this morning, and we're going to start in Acts. And I want to start with this, because this is the Bible, and this is what Jesus, and as we look through here, we see what Jesus did. We see in Acts, the beginning, the early church, which really kind of says, hey, this is what Jesus, this is what God wants the church to be doing. He says, look, this is how it happened then, and this is how it's happening now. So I'm going to read, and we're going to read in Acts chapter 10. And it says this in verse 9. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey, they approached a city. Peter went on the roof to pray. All right, he's got that time that he's setting aside. He's seeking after God. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. And the voice told him. So now he's hearing a voice. This is audible. He was having a vision, and now there's a voice. Many of your Bibles, this will actually be in red. And it said, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Verse 14, surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. So to a Jew, the animals that were on this sheet, that's why I said these four-footed animals, they were unclean or things that they were not supposed to eat. And now he's having this vision And this voice telling him, kill and eat. That's why he's saying no. Verse 15, then the voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. 
This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate, verse 18. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, all right, he had a vision, he heard a voice, and now the Spirit is talking to him. That's his Spirit. It's that inner voice. It says, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs and do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went downstairs and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? And the men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Now, there was a lot that went on right there. And let me just say, there is not one way that God speaks to every person. And there's not one way that God is going to only speak to you. It's not always, it does not have to be that way at all. We see he's having a vision, he hears a voice, the Spirit tells him, he's got this, this guy shows up, an angel appeared to him, telling him to come and to get him. There's not one way. But understand this, this is not something, when we read this in the Bible, when we read this, I know that some of us, because of our backgrounds or for whatever other reason it may be, when we read this, we hear, but that happened then, but it doesn't happen anymore. Not, not anymore. We believe that it happened, yes, because it's in the Bible. We believe that God's word is true, but we think that was then and now is different. But this is what it says in Acts 2, 17. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on many servants, and men and women alike, and they will prophesy. You can't prophesy unless you've heard from God. That's what a prophet was, and a prophecy is. is it something that you relate that God told you to say. He says, in the last days. So, if it was happening then, and says, and it's going to happen, it's happening. It wasn't, it's not going to happen. This is what it is. Are we living in the last days? I would say yes, we, are, we most definitely are. When could Jesus come back? Anytime. Anytime. So this is not something that we read about that did happen, but it is an account of what did and what God is doing and how he works and how he works with us. So we're going to kind of take a look at some of these ways. We see it in Scripture. It's happening. It happened. He says it's going to happen. He says in the last days, it'll still be happening. It's not dying off. It didn't like trickle down. I'm sorry. Just the batteries ran out in the communicator, and it's just not going anymore. It just No, it's not how it works. So here's where we start. We start with this. The number one way that God speaks to us is through his word. God speaks to us through his word. Psalms 119, verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. The number one way that God wants to speak to you is through his word. And any time that we disregard God's word and then expect a special word from God, we're fooling ourselves. Because to intentionally ignore God's word 
is to plan to ignore God's guidance. So the number one thing, the number one thing I would tell you, you say, I want to hear from God. I would tell you, read your Bible and pray. Number one thing, read your Bible and pray. Do not plan on not to, to, to just ignore that and say, God, I need, I need your word, but I need, I need something else. He, he's, he's already given us that. And he does speak to us through his word. He most definitely does. In the first week, I shared how I had some questions, and I'm like, God, I just, I just don't know how this is going to look. And we were, we were thinking about how we, how we could start the church and what this would look like, and I'm like, God, but what I, my, the, the last three years don't really help me go and do this. And we're thinking about how much money we we're going to have to raise, and I'm like, I don't, who's going to want to like actually support this because I was at this church, and we were over here, and we were doing this. I'm like, I, I, if you look at like the last three years, I look really, really like crazy, like flip-flop, flip-flop, flip-flop. These are the thoughts that are going through my head. I'm like, God, this just isn't going to work. Okay? I wouldn't give money to me is what I'm thinking. And then I'm like, and who's going to come? And who's going to hear this? And they're going to be like, what have you been doing? And then they're not going to come to this church. Would I come to my church? I'm like, God, what is this? And I'm re- I was reading. And I, something that I've done since I was little, I don't, there's times that I miss it, but I read the proverb of the day. Uh, there's 31 Proverbs, there's 31 days in the month, whatever day of the, of the month it is, I read it or I listen to it. I love the YouVersion Bible app. So I'll, I'll just turn on, I'll listen to it. Oh, there's, there's the proverb for the day. I can highlight things in there, I can do whatever. It, something that I do all the time. Well, I've been thinking this and kind of processing this as to why it would definitely not work for Beck and I to pastor or start a church. I'm like, it just would not work, God. This, this isn't gonna go. And I'm, that, that is what I'm thinking. I'm reading through my Bible and I read in Proverbs and it says this in Proverbs 20. It says, if God directs a man's steps, how can he understand his own way? Does that answer the question that I was asking? (laughs) Yes, exactly. More sure than anything was, there it is, because I can go back to it, and I have over and over and over. It doesn't always make the most sense, but God, I'm going to go where you lead me. And God, that, that's what I keep on telling you. So yes, that's what I'm going to do. He speaks to us. The number one way he speaks to us is through his word. Other place in the Bible, it says that the Holy Spirit brings these things, these scriptures, to our remembrance. There's times where we have questions and the Holy Spirit's going to bring back something that you've read. But if you haven't read it, can you remember it? No. You can't remember what you don't know. Then you're learning. So if we have it that we've been reading, we've been spending time with God, spending time in his word, that is the number one way that he wants to lead you is through his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The Bible, it is so good. Over and over and over, I have questions, and I'm reading, and I'm coming along, and I find it. The other day, I'm, I'm um, d- doing my devotions, and something that had really been on my heart and something that I want to do um, is, is I've been preparing, and I just kind of take notes on a message on the importance of kids and kids' ministry and how God wants to use and, and to minister to kids. And I'm reading along, and boom, guess what jumps out of me? 2 Timothy 3.15, and it says this, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. 
And I read that. I'm like, this is exactly what I've been wanting. The thing I've been looking for. So often, God speaks to me through his word. Because you want to know what's happening right now with your kids? They're learning God's word. It says, how from infancy you knew the holy scriptures. It's not babysitting. It's not I get to drop my kids off. Yeah, you do get to drop your kids off and you get to hang out in here. I remember when we had the kids when they were really young. Avery and Molly are our oldest and they are not even 13 months apart. So when we had the kids, it was like, wham, we had them right away. We didn't expect either of them. Um, there were both surprises. We had been married eight months and we were pregnant. And it was like, well, this is a riot. Um, and then we have these, it, it was super busy. And I remember we would come to church and we would put the kids back there. And I was like, this is great. And I just sit next to Becca and I'm like, this is great. Like, this is the best date ever. Like, there's nothing. It, and, and that part is true. But it's so much more than that because kids can learn scriptures and it does. There's not, Becca says this, we say this all the time, but there's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no kid package that they get at all. But God speaks to us through his word. So the number one thing I can encourage you to do is to read this word. And the other reason why it is so vital that you do that is because that is the Lippmann's test for every other type of God speaking to us, is we take it and we hold it up to God's word and we say, does it line up? Because here's what will never happen. God will never tell you something that disagrees with his word. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You do not have a special line or a special circumstance, which is kind of like what we all want. Well, you know, for me, this is okay. No, it's not. Because the Bible says it's not. God's leading me to do this. No, he's not. God's leading me to divorce my husband. No, he's not. It, it, there are biblical grounds for divorce, yes. But God also says he hates divorce. If it's something that you, there are biblical grounds for divorce, there are also those same biblical grounds for divorce are also biblical grounds for forgiveness. And it can happen. It, it can happen. So when somebody says, well, God's leading me into this other relationship, I, I, I have told people, no, he's not. Well, how do you know he's not? Because God's word says he's not. Like, that's, that's not how that works. That, that doesn't work. So the number one thing, the number one way God speaks is through his word. And we need to know it so that we can use that as, again, that Lippmann's test for every other type or every other way that God would lead us and guide us as we say, okay, does it line up with your word. Number one. Number two, dreams. We see this in Joseph. I think he's a great example of this in the Old Testament. Joseph, as a young man, has a dream. In his dream, they're binding grain, and his, his bundle of grain stands up tall, and all of his brother's bundles of grain come over and bow down to his bundle of grain. And so he goes and tells his family, his brothers, he's like, hey, this was my dream. Guess what? <laughs> Your bundles of grain bowed down to mine. And his brothers, they don't like it very much. Like, not at all. They already didn't like him because he was the youngest and the favorite anyways. Don't have favorites. So it didn't go well. So he has another dream. And so he, says, he goes and he does it again. He says, hey, I had another dream. And in the dream, in my dream, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars all bowed down to me. 
And his father interpreted the dream, actually, and said, will your mother, your brothers, and I all actually bow to you? He had a dream. And God was speaking to him what would happen. I think he threw a little monkey wrench in it with the way he was acting with his brothers. And and he interpreted dreams for some other people, said, hey, this is what's going to happen. And it came true. God does. He speaks to us in dreams. But understand this. Not every dream means something amazing. Like some dreams, you wake up and it just means you had too much pizza. Like that, that, that's it. Okay, that crazy thing where it was winter and summer at the same time. And like, I don't know what, but not every dream means something. But God can speak to us, and he has and he does speak to us through dreams. We already saw and we already read God speaking in visions. A vision is where you're standing here. And you look and what you see isn't what you see. In the life of Paul, he talks and he says this. He goes, whether I was inside the body or out of the body, he goes, I don't even know. It's so like, he's like it, was, it is so like the same another time. He's in prison. And he says, I had a vision. And an angel actually came and got him out of prison, but he thought it was a vision. And he didn't realize that the prison, the vision, the prison wasn't a vision. It was real, the prison, him getting out of the prison. That the angel actually led him out. He thought it was, he was just dreaming. He thought it was a vision. And then he's out of prison and he looks back. He's like, it was real. And that, that, is, that is a vision where you look and you see something that isn't there. Where God is showing you something and he wants to speak to you. He wants to show you, hey, this is what it's going to be. This is what is going to happen. Then there's another way is a messenger. This is prophecy, which we've begun to talk about already. Now, this can happen many different ways, many different ways. It can happen in a group. It can happen um, one-on-one, a lot of different things. Somebody could come up to church and say, hey, this is just something that I need to encourage, and they might have a word for all of us, or they might walk right up to you. You don't know. Um, one time, for me, I was, uh, this was several years ago, was at a church, and uh, we had just decided as a, as a lead team, the pastor, the pastor was like, yep, let's do it. We had just decided to begin to raise money for a program. And I was going to be the one raising the money, and this is what we were going to do with it. And um, the, the leadership said, yes, go ahead and do it. We, we think this is good. Do it. I said, all right. And the next day, I'm sitting in my office, and I get a phone call. And uh, it's a friend, so I answer the phone. I hadn't, I hadn't talked to him in a while, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? This is where he goes. He goes, hey, I don't have a lot of time, um, but I just really quick needed to ask, do you need money? And I'm like, yes. I don't know who says no, but yes, definitely need money. He goes, you do? I quickly told him, I said, yeah, we actually just decided yesterday uh, to begin to raise money for this and to start this program. This is what we're going to be doing. He goes, awesome. Uh, I got to go. Talk to you later. I'll give you some money. Bye. And hangs up. And when he hung up, I was literally like, like, did it really happen? Like, checking recent calls. Like, yeah, that was him. He just called. And the amazing thing about that was this. It meant so much to me to confirm that what we were doing, that God was already working on other people's hearts, not just mine, but other people's hearts to get behind and to begin to help what we were going to be doing. He didn't give me an amount. I have no idea how much at that 
point he was going to give. But it didn't matter how much. It didn't matter at all. Because I began to see that God was already working on other people's hearts. And it confirmed something for me. It spoke so much. Just the phone call. And it wasn't 45 seconds. But what it spoke to me was so much. Another time, um, the church I went to when I was in college, uh, the pastor was up preaching. And he's in the middle of his message and he's up there just preaching and he stops. And uh, it was a large church, maybe 1,500 people in there at the time. And he, he, he just stops and he goes, uh, he says, I believe I just need to do this right now. Um, the, the Spirit, he says, God just told me to say this, uh, so we just need to stop from this. So if the, uh, he says, but the word that I need to say is mustard. And nothing happens, like nothing. And he goes, anybody? Okay, well, we'll get back to it. And he just gets right back to his message, and he goes on preaching. The next week, he gets up. And he says, now, some of you were here last week, and uh, I believe I had a word, and I, and I said it. The word was mustard, and, and, and nothing happened. And he said, and if I get it wrong, he says, I want you to know that I'm going to tell you. And uh, he says, but, he said, after service, somebody came up to me. And this woman came up after service, and she said, I came to church knowing that it wouldn't do me any good, knowing that God didn't care, that God didn't care about me, she said, but yesterday, while I was in the kitchen, she says, I got mustard in my eye. She said, and it was just burning. It's, it's been, it, it bothered me, bothered me, bothered me, bothered me. She says, and the minute you said that, she said, I knew that that word was for me and that God did care about me, that he saw me. And she just begins to go on and on and on about what one word meant to her. And I don't, I believe with all of my heart that that pastor could have preached for three straight hours exactly what God wanted to say to just this woman and never would have been able to say as much as that one word meant to her. She's like, God sees me. He knows every little thing that's going on. He stopped you. I'm important to him. He interrupted everything in everybody's day to speak. To, and she just went going and on and on and on. And I say that. I say that. So specifically, to hopefully encourage you that if God speaks to you something for somebody, that you'll say it. Because it doesn't, it might not mean anything to you, but what it means to that person is exactly what they need to hear. And that one word was exactly what that woman needed to hear. The man that called me up out of the blue. The amount of money was not, I, I didn't know what it was, was not important. The important thing, the thing that spoke to me was God was already preparing other people's hearts to receive. That God was behind it, and okay, this is what we're going to be doing. He's working on them. This is where we're going to be going. And there's so many ways that God can speak, and he does speak to us and through us. But let me just encourage you in this, that if God lays something on your heart, I hope that you're bold and that you do it. You just speak if you say, okay, I'm going to follow through with this. Another way that he speaks is this, is he speaks with angels. We already saw that in Acts 10 as we were reading where angels appear. I have not had an angel appear. I think that would be great. 
I would love that, but it hasn't happened. But it's something that can and does. But understand this, as we go back to it, the number one way, and no, no vision, no word, no angel that's from God will contradict God's word. We need to know what God's word is. The other way is that he leads us is by his spirit. That's that, that's that inner voice. That's that inner voice on the inside. And I want to read from Acts 16, talking about being led by the spirit. Because here's an account of Paul and Silas. And as they traveled through the area, because they traveled through Pyra and Galatia, whatever it is, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Verse 7, coming to the border of Mysa, they, had, they headed north to the province. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went through and they appeared at Tyrus. And that night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in the north, Greece, was standing there pleading with them, come over here, help us, he says. So we decided to leave Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. The Holy Spirit just kind of gave him that you don't need to go there, that inner, like, this isn't right. And they got it again and said, this isn't right, we can't go there. And then, he, and then Paul has a vision, and they're like, okay, somebody's asking us. They concluded, and they took off, and they went. But here's something I want you to see in that. In no way, shape, or form do I want anybody here to say, okay, if I'm need to be hearing from God, then I shouldn't do anything. I'm just not going to move, and I need this, and, and, and to be fearful of I didn't hear, or did I pray, or, you know, I, I prayed about it, but I didn't hear specifically from God, and because I, did, I, I can't do anything, to be immobilized and inefficient because we're so heavenly-minded, we're no earthly good, where we can't do anything. The disciples were going like, you know what? We don't feel that we can go here. Paul and Silas, so they didn't. They said, we don't think we should go here, so they didn't. And then he has a vision where someone is calling for him, say, hey, come down here and preach. And so he's like, we concluded. We just kind of said, okay. That makes sense. Let's go and do it. Let's go and do it. God does not lead us through fear. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. We can hear from God. You can hear from God. But do not walk and live in fear because you're like, well, I, it, it didn't happen, or has this happened? The times that I've been led by the Spirit, it has been great. One time in particular, uh, I know I've shared this before, but I was working in the garage. So it was years and years ago. I was working in the garage, and I just was like, I need to pray. I get this feeling I need to pray. So I, uh, I did. I pray for a while, and I stop, and I get back to work. And I'm like, I still need to pray. I'm like, okay. And for me, typically, I'll just say it, prayers work, okay? It's not something where I'm like, I start to pray, and then I open my eyes. I'm like, wow, four hours went by. That was great. Um, no, it's typically like, I open my eyes. That was four hours. It's like, that was four seconds, um, that, that, that it, it's just not something that's really easy for me. It's something I know I need to do, so I do. Because I want what's on the other side of it. Like, this is what I want. I want a better relationship. I need to do this, so I do it. So I prayed for a while. I stopped. I get this feeling again, like, I need to pray. I'm like, okay. 
So I pray some more. I'm praying. I pray for everybody that I know. I pray for the missionaries that we support. I pray for my family. I pray for all of our friends and their families and things, people that I know. And I'm like, okay. And I go back to work. And I, I get it again. Like, I still need to pray. I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do here. What's a prayer language that you use and we don't know how to, what to do? I'm like, I'm going to pray. So I'm going to pray in tongues and I pray for a while. I pray longer. And at the end of that time, I stop and I'm like, I just have peace. I'm like, okay, I think it's taken care of. I don't know what it is. It wasn't an hour later that Becca calls and she's at urgent care with our oldest daughter, Avery. She'd been at grandma's house and grandma had in a bottle came in a bottle uh, that looked like Hershey's syrup. She had some rust cleaner. And she had, Grandma had come in, and Avery had thrown the bottle down and was spitting it out because she had gotten it in her mouth, obviously. She was spitting and spitting and saying, this tastes gross. So we'd taken her to the hospital. But we walked, I walked into that situation. And the minute that, I, that, that that phone call came, I was like, this is what I was praying for. And I'm like, I already dealt with it, and I already have peace that it's all going to be okay. So really long story short, we go down, and they're telling us all these horror stories about what's going to happen, and, and blah, 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 and this is, what, this, this is this acid, and grown men cry, and blah, 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 and they go, but we had so much peace that she was okay, that everything was going to be okay. And in the next day, poison control called us and was like, what, what does her tongue look like today? And Avery sticks out her tongue, and I'm like, like she should probably brush it? I don't know. I think it, it looks absolutely normal. And, and the woman on the other side of the line, she says this. She goes, oh, okay, she didn't actually drink any then. Have a good day. And I'm like, she was spitting it out. But we had peace. That Holy Spirit guides us. We need that in our life. He's, we had that peace before. The Bible calls it this. It's the peace that passes all understanding. And we can have that, but he wants to lead us by his spirit. And the other way that he leads us is through his peace. Colossians 3.15, this is the amplified version. I like the way that it says it. It says, and let the peace, the whole soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule and act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's body you were also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. He says, peace. Let the peace of God. It's that peace that the circumstances around you wouldn't make you peaceful. I am not a peaceful person in the hospital. I'm, I'm, I'm just, just really, don't really like hospitals a whole lot. They're great when something's broken. Um, but I, I, I'm not peaceful. But we walked into that situation with my daughter being there. It, I had peace. Because we knew we had already taken care of it. God wants to lead us. One of the ways he does that is he leads us with peace. Again, he does not lead us with fear. If you feel you're being led with fear, it's not God. It's not God speaking to you. Every time in the Bible an angel appears, you don't want to know what the first thing they say is? Fear not. 
Do not be afraid. I bring tidings of good news. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. And he wants to give us his peace where he wants to guide us. He really does. But we don't have to live in fear of did I pray for this, did I not? Did I pray enough? Did I not quite pray enough? Um, Seek after God because you want a relationship with him. Because he's good. Because you love him. Prayer, I pray, yeah, it's kind of hard for me, but I want what's on the other side. I want a better relationship with God. I want to speak to him. But what we don't need to do is we don't need to live in fear. I don't pray about how many times to shake the salt over my eggs. I, I, I don't. I know. I'm a little bit. That's it. If Becca sees me shake it like three or four, she's like, that's too much. What are you doing? But I just know I don't, I don't pray about absolutely everything, but I pray every day. God, I've got my plans. I've got the things that I'm doing today, but God, you have my permission to mess it up. Speak to me. Lead me. Put, send people across my path to speak the truth of your word into my life. Help me. But my kids are young. I've got five from the ages of 12 to four. Is he four or is he three? He's three. Okay, three. He's almost four. I'm confused because I was putting on his pants and he has like all these different sizes pants. And I'm like, well, how old are you again anyway? That's why I'm confused. (laughs) One of the reasons apparently. But here's the deal. My three-year-old, he needs a whole lot more direction than my 12-year-old does. My three-year-old, yes, it's like, okay, this is what you need, and no, 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 don't do that, and um, no, you cannot play with your boat in the toilet, and no, don't do that. Why? He, he needs that direction. If my 12-year-old needed those same instructions, there'd be something wrong. And here's the thing, as we grow and as we mature, God, he speaks to us, but it's not a matter of everything we have to go to him. There'd be something wrong. What would you think if you came over to my house and my kids, every one of them was like, Dad, can I wear this? Can I put my shoes on? Dad, which socks should I wear? You'd be like, this is a controlling weirdo freak dad. What is his deal? (laughs) If everything they came and asked, can I go to this? Now, if they're asking to cross the road, that's probably a good idea. If they're asking before they go run and play in the back and find mud puddles to swim in, that would be a great idea. I would appreciate it. But if they were asking absolutely everything, you'd think there was something wrong. And here's the deal. We can know, and the the closer we are to God, the more we know what he wants in our life. The more that we read his word, the more that we automatically know. But he does. He wants to speak to us, and we can hear him. And next week, we're going to wrap this series up where we're talking about how how we know that it's him that's speaking to us. How do we do that? And we're going to even have some Q&A at the end. So if you have some questions, that's the time for me to be able to text those in. And at the end, we're going to try to answer some of those questions of how do I know this is God? I've got this big decision and what this is. But remember this. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. He wants a relationship with you. He really does. He says, my sheep hear my voice. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.